Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. You think January 6th is bad, that you think Donald Trump delegitimized the voting process? Then you got to feel the same way when you so I talked about Hillary Clinton coming out not accepting and Stacey Abrams not accepting institutions like the, the, the result of an election. And the same thing here. You don't like a decision by the Supreme Court. Go protest. Right. But to say it's illegitimate, it's not American, is inaccurate and destructive. What the hell is he talking about? I, I mean... This anyway, Stacey Abrams. It's good talking to you again. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. My goodness, I I will give you a chance to respond to uh, to that if you like. I, I will do so very quickly. Please. Let, let's be clear. All right. In 2018, when I did not win the election, I did not file a single lawsuit to change the outcome of the election in my favor. What we filed lawsuits to pursue were fixing broken pieces of our election system. And we saw many changes made based on our lawsuit before it was even taken to court. We saw the state respond to the challenges that we that we witnessed for voters who were attempting to have their absentee ballots counted. We simply fought to make certain that more people who participated in the election had their ballots counted and that those who were prevented from casting their ballots were never faced with that delegitimizing of their rights as citizens. I did not seek to overturn an election, and my refusal to concede was very clearly about refusing to acknowledge that a system that denied access to the right to vote should be allowed. That is very different than not only manufacturing evidence, but also inciting an insurrection. And so this false narrative that we have seen the election deniers peddle, we are allowed as Americans to challenge systems that are broken. What we are not allowed to do is break the systems ourselves. And did the courts agree with the, the, uh, the, the suits that you filed? We, during that, the 10-day period after the election, we actually won a number of suits either directly filed or filed by advocates and Fair Fight, the organization I created after the election, is still in court. We the closing arguments happened last week. I'm no longer with Fair Fight, but closing arguments happened last week, and we are waiting a decision by a judge, a judge who took our complaint so seriously. We have spent the last three years in court building this case, and more than 40 witnesses spoke about their experiences with the Georgia election system and why they were deeply concerned. And, and let me make sure I, uh, we heard you correctly. You didn't send any armed insurrectionists to the state capitol. Not only did I not do that, but on the day I gave my speech, I, at the very top of the speech, acknowledged that Brian Kemp was the legitimate governor of Georgia. There you go. There you go. How is the campaign going? I know this sounds like a softball question, but I know I'm going to get an honest answer. What's the biggest challenge? Let me put it this way. Stacey Abrams, what's the biggest challenge you, you have during this campaign season? It's making certain that people understand that we feel their pain, that we know that they are afraid. Uh, this is an uncertain time. And in response to that, I am putting out very detailed proposals that explain what I would do differently as governor. As I said, I acknowledge that Brian Kemp became the governor. 
sadly, his tenure as governor has led to more and more communities facing violent crime. Women have lost their rights. We know that he has expanded gun violence in our streets and has made it easier for dangerous people and for criminals to carry weapons in our streets. He has made our state less safe. He has done absolutely nothing to improve health care outcomes. He has refused to expand Medicaid. And so I'm taking time to really walk through each of these issues. Most recently, I spoke about my intention to pursue public safety and criminal justice. We need safety and justice in our state. And anyone who thinks that we can punish our way out of this crime wave that we're in is wrong. We have to be willing to do two things at the same time. We've got to make certain people feel safe in our communities. And I travel Georgia, and I hear this everywhere, in big towns, in small towns, in counties. People are afraid, but they also want law enforcement to be accountable when they make mistakes, when they cause harm. And so if we want to improve public safety, we need law enforcement. But if we want to improve accountability, we've got to make certain we are doing what we can to recruit and retain the best and the brightest, but more importantly, that we are paying folks a living wage so that they're not bringing their frustrations to work. Uh, let's you talk about this, uh, the plan you're going to put out, and we certainly will make sure that it gets on our social media. Let me ask you, uh, uh, as it relates to what you would do as governor following the ruling of Roe versus Wade. Well, Roe versus Wade has created the most dangerous and extreme situation here in Georgia. In a matter of weeks, we will have the most extreme abortion ban Georgia has ever had. It was signed into law in 2019. It was actually stopped by lawsuits that came from Sister Song and other reproductive justice organizations. And so it hasn't been the law of the land, but it will become the law. Uh, So it's already been passed. Brian Kemp has already signed it, and he has already indicated he intends to make it even stricter. It says that a woman cannot have an abortion after six weeks, even though in most For most women, you don't know you're pregnant until after six weeks. And what's terrifying in Georgia is that maternal mortality, pregnant women die in Georgia at the second highest rate in the nation. And if you're a black woman, it's three times higher than that number. And for Georgia women, getting access to a doctor is nearly impossible for some. We have 82 counties that do not have an OBGYN. We have nine counties that don't have a doctor. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. In yes. the state of Georgia, eighty-two. Yes. There, did I? Did you say eighty-two counties that don't have an OBGYN? Eighty-two do not have an OBGYN. Eighteen counties don't even have a general practice family doctor. Nine counties don't have a doctor at all. And so, in a state that has refused to expand Medicaid, we now have a law that tells women that they cannot get access to health care. They cannot make medical decisions because of a callous, extreme, and dangerous law that Brian Kemp doesn't think goes far enough. As governor, I will reverse that law. I will expand access to Medicaid to ensure that we get doctors into every part of our state, and I will invest in making certain that women have the right to control their bodies. Because let's be clear, this is not about anyone's religious or political beliefs. This is about medical needs. And black women die if we do not get the health care we need. This is not hyperbole. This is fact. And this law puts black women in danger. It puts women across the board in danger, and it cannot stand. 
uh, let, let me ask, if, if folks, because this is a national program and, and people may be all over the country and they say, you know, I really want to help. Um, it, it just this is I can do this. Just pra- how can people help your campaign? Because I want our program to help. I really do. I, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make any bones about it. I don't have to apologize. <laughs> So, and I'm not even thinking about apologizing. I'm going to do what I got to do. Um, how can people help? Number one, please go to my website, stacyabrams.com. We appreciate contributions, but we also appreciate volunteers. Yeah. We need help. Okay. We've got to contact millions of voters in the state of Georgia. We also need you to share what you see on our website. One of the ways, just going back to public safety for a second, one of the ways we want to talk about public safety is that we've got to address the root causes of violence. We've got to decriminalize poverty, prevent recidivism. We've got to invest in public health. All of these are pieces that if we get them done in Georgia, have a national effect. Georgia can be the model for what we do right. And so we need folks who see what I'm saying to amplify it and to tell everyone they know, especially their families and friends in Georgia, that this election matters. Voting is not magic. Joe, you know this better than anyone. Voting isn't magic. We're not going to get instant results. It is medicine. And if we take it again and again, things get better. And I want to be part of the prescription for change and for safety and for opportunity for Georgia in 2022. All right, final question. I hate to say that because it always depends on the last <laughs> answer, but I'll, yes. I'll try. I'll try, uh, to, I'll try too. All right, and, 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 and appreciate the time. Um, the other false na- narrative, and we get, I get people who will call in and they will say, well, if, if, if you made some comment about Georgia is terrible, Georgia has this, Georgia's at the bottom here, Georgia's at the bottom there, and then they come back on conservative talk radio. Well, if Georgia's so bad, then, you know, why, you know, then why don't you just leave? How do you how do you respond to that false ne- negative uh, narrative? My parents moved me to Georgia when I was fifteen. Uh, my parents became United Methodist ministers and went to Emory University. So I would move here with my five brothers and sisters when I was fifteen. I moved back in twenty in, in nineteen ninety nine of my own volition because I love Georgia. But we know that you can't solve problems you won't acknowledge exist. That's the issue. What I have said again and again is Georgia is an amazing place, but we've got bad leadership that is refusing to acknowledge the broken pieces. And let me tell you what I said. I said that Georgia is number 48 for mental health care access. We are number one for the number of HIV and AIDS diagnoses in this country. We are number two for maternal mortality. We are number two for uninsured. We are number nine for gun violence. And the number one killer of our children are guns. Those are issues that if our governor will not address them, that he is not making our state safe. He is not protecting our people and he is not planning for our future. I talk about the challenges in Georgia so that we know what we're facing because I have plans to offer. And I will challenge everyone to check Brian Kemp's website and show me the plans he has for our prosperity. I have those plans, and I have proof that I've done the work because when I was not in office for the last four years, I helped save small businesses. I paid off the medical debts of 68,000 Georgians. I worked in communities to deliver vaccines. I've done the work without the title, and now I want the job. All right. 
Stacey Abrams, we'll, we'll get, be talking with you again. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, Joe. I really appreciate it. All right. Love you. And uh, love the work she's doing. I mean, you know, when you hear her, when you hear her say, look, here's what I've done. And that false narrative. Oh, this is such a terrible place. Then, you know, wait a minute. What did she, what did Stacey Abrams just say? In order to correct the problem, you have to acknowledge the problem exists. In order to correct the problems, you have to acknowledge the problem exists and then put a plan together as to how you're going to correct the problem. Bingo. That's it. So it's a, so all this crap, oh, if it's a terrible place, then why don't you leave? Wait, 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 wait. see, that, that's how they play the little mind games with you. So uh, now, you may be in California, you may be in New Mexico, you may be in Illinois. You may say to yourself, well, I, I don't live in Georgia. Can, how can I help her? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you something. First, yes, one, you can make a financial contribution, number one. Number two, <clears throat> um, and I speak from experience. I remember when Harold Washington, former late mayor of, of uh, Chicago, was running to become, he became the first African-American mayor of Chicago. And he had to go up against the Daily Machine. Now, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, you're too young, just Google it. Okay, look it up. I lived in Detroit. On weekends, we actually would travel, get on the highway, split down, go down the highway, and hang out in Detroit. I mean, Chicago, for a weekend. And campaign, door to door. And 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 this day and age, you don't even have to do that. With Zoom and social media, you don't even have to leave your, you know, your house. Now, why do I say all of that? Because people don't, they just don't think. You know, they don't think. Well, I'm, I'm, I don't live in Georgia. You don't have to live in Georgia to help Stacey Abrams. You really don't. And, and you say to me, well, wait a minute. Aren't you being partisan? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, damn right because I'm telling you I don't want to have anything to do with Donald Trump or his minions nothing nothing I want them all out of public life you can listen to yours truly Madison the Black Eagle live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.